0: Hello Team Adulam. How you guys doing? The other day um, I discovered that the people from Adulam are called Adulamites. So I don't know if maybe I should be calling you guys Adulamites, but uh, happy to have you guys back on. Like I mentioned previously, I recently relocated to uh, Uganda. So Unfortunately, I don't have the wonderful services of CK and Wamai to help me be able to record content. So right now I'm recording stuff on my phone. You probably see the light going up and whatever. Still trying to figure it out. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it's not going to stop me from sharing the word of God with y'all. Anyway, so um, we're still on the Walking with God series, which is just super dope. Remember, this is a series about the book of John. And I love the title of the series, Walking with God. Um, And uh, today we're going to be looking at John chapter 9. Last week we looked at John chapter 8. Today we're going to look at John chapter 9. And like we always do, what I want us to be able to do is for you to be able to pause this video and then go read John chapter 9. I want you to go read John chapter 9. And when you're done reading it, come back so we can talk about it. Yeah? Amen welcome back welcome back welcome back welcome back and uh, make sure you went i really hope you went and read it Uh, don't continue unless you have read john chapter 9 anyway now the thing that um today today i got a word for y'all today from john chapter 9 and the thing that is super dope is that this is such a great story it's one of those stories like the house of mercy that we did where what happens is that I love how the, you know, the story starts that this is saying of Jesus, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. And the reason why this is the way it starts off is, so, is, 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 is also quite telling is because, um, you know, it, this is not the first time that Jesus is opening up blind eyes. In fact, it's interesting that um, in all the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they tell the story of many... Bartholomew, there's different stories. It's it's different to the same, um, where there's a story of the two blind men who uh, heard that Jesus was coming and they began to cry out. And as they began to cry out, it says that the people that were around there began to quiet them, to tell them, be quiet, be quiet. And they refused, and instead they they shouted even all the louder until Jesus heard them. And it says that Jesus had he invited them to come. And when they did, the thing that's so dope about that story is that Jesus didn't assume that these guys wanted healing for their blindness, so he asked them, what, what do you want me to do for you? And they were like, Master, we want to receive our sight. And that's when Jesus is like, okay, cool. Uh, do you believe that I can do this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, as uh, according to how you have believed, let it be done. And they received their sight. Now, this is obviously a story of these guys who heard that Jesus was coming and they begin to to cry out to him. But in this story, we're not told of this blind man crying out to Jesus. In fact, what we realize at the end of this story is that this guy had no idea who Jesus was. He didn't even know that, that this was Jesus who was doing all this stuff to him. Until the end when you realize that he's like, yo, who is this guy so that I can get to know him? So that's the thing about this story is that it's another representation of such tremendous grace that the Savior literally just goes and reaches out to this guy and decides to heal him um, of blindness that he has had from when he was very young. And uh, so as we go along with this story, um, one of the things that happens is that the disciples notice that Jesus now has paid attention to this blind man. And it says that they then asked Jesus, they asked him, you know, with great innocence, Uh, they asked him, uh, what did they ask him, hold on, yes, they asked him, you know, who sinned that made this man become like this, whose mistake was this, is really what they were asking, you know, why is this guy like this, why does this guy have this disability, what did he do wrong, or who who did what wrong, so that this guy could be the person that he is. And the thing that is so amazing about how Jesus responds to this is so telling and is something that we can, we can lean on um, because he says that this man's disability is so that God's mighty work might be seen in him. That was the purpose. That was the purpose. And the thing that I think is important for any single person, like if you're listening to this and I really want to, zone in on this a little bit, that if you're listening to this and you have any form of disability or you know someone that does, I need you to understand that God has a plan for you. And that plan is that his glory would be seen through you. That Jesus wants his glory to be made manifest through you. And why I say this is because I believe it is incredibly important that for you as this person, that you that you know the thing is when you look at God's word, you gotta understand that this is His promises to you. This is His love letter to you, and this is God Himself saying to you that if you have a disability, or you know anyone who has a disability, and I want you, I want you to latch onto this word, right, and I want you to take hold of it as though it was as though He was speaking it to you, right where Jesus literally says that your disability is not because of anything wrong that you have done. That this disability is so that God's mighty power might be seen through you. I want you to proclaim this. I want you to declare this. I want you to know that God's power will be displayed through that which is considered a disability. There is nothing that's a disability to the God of all ability. Woo, hallelujah. And I want you to be able to claim this word. I want you to remember and to, to seed this word in your heart, whether you're the person who has disability or you know someone that does, that you proclaim this word over them, that you proclaim this word over them, or you proclaim this word over yourself, that your disability will be used to show God's power, to show forth his power, that, your, that his power will be seen through you. That his power will be seen through you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so then what happens after this story is that it says that Jesus says to this guy that he first, Elohim, what he does is that he goes uh, and he spits on the ground. This is Elohim, Is Jesus. Remember? Remember the first episode? Jesus is God. Yes, Elohim. He spits on the ground. He made some mud. And with his saliva, and he put it on the man's eyes. And then he says to the man, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Then it says that the man went and washed and came home seeing. Okay? Now, the thing that happens after this story is, is a whole series of things unfold, right? That when this man comes seeing, it is such a bold and great testimony that everyone marvels and they're wondering, is this the guy that used to beg? Like, nah, he can't be the guy. And him is like, no, I'm the guy. And I'm the guy. And so what happens is that they take him to the religious leaders because this has never been seen. This has never happened where a man being born blind would see. This has never happened before. And so they take him to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are like, what? What is going on? How is this possible? Especially because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. So, there's this whole commotion around the, the Pharisees are convinced, like I've shared before, that this man is a sinner. Jesus is a sinner. But the thing that I love is the way in which this blind person responds. And of course, there's a whole interaction, but remember the part where he begins, to, he goes and he says to them, Listen, it doesn't matter to me whether this guy is a sinner or not. All I know is that I was blind and now I see. And you know, the thing that is so powerful about that statement is when you begin to realize that when you have a testimony, that it says in the book of Revelation that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, that the thing that God is calling us to share is our testimony. Every single one of us has a testimony of God's goodness in our lives. Every single one of us. That there was somewhere where you were, and He has led you to. This is the this is the heritage of those, and the beauty of those who have put their faith in Christ is that for each and every single one of us, we have believed in the living God, and because we have believed in the living God, that His signs and wonders are there to behold for even our own lives. And the thing that is so powerful is that the one thing that no one can ever take away from you. They can come and debate. Your theology, they can come and debate all the things that you believe and tell you why you don't believe in what you believe. But the one thing that can never be taken away from you is your testimony. And every single one of us has been blessed and equipped with a testimony. All of us, every single one of us has a testimony of God's goodness in our lives has a testimony of God's faithfulness in our lives, have a testimony of God's presence in our lives, every single one of us. And so this guy didn't have all the theology to speak, but you know what he had? He had a testimony. And his testimony is this, my friend, I was blind and now I see. I don't care about all your theology. I don't care about all the stuff that makes you think that this man is evil. Meanwhile, I'm telling you is what I know, that I was blind and now I see. And this is the thing that God gives every single one of us, is that he won't give us a testimony. This is the thing that the people in Acts asked about, that, Lord God, would you give us signs and wonders to behold? That it's not just the signs and wonders of the miracles, but also that there was a plethora of testimony that existed within, within within the community. And I think it's the same for us, that for us and every single one of us as a believer, that God equips us with testimony. He equips us with stories of his presence, of his faithfulness in our lives that we can then use to be able to go and draw others to him. Amen. Hallelujah. This is so dope. And so what happens is this is that the story goes on, and later on we find this guy, he meets Jesus, and finally he's like, You're the guy who healed me. Bet I'm about you. And I, 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 I want to believe in you. And he begins to follow after Christ. And the thing that's so dope is to realize that this man's testimony and what happened in his life, if you even go to the next chapter, John 10, is that this is one of the stories that leads to many people coming to believe in Jesus. And so the realization is that your testimony is what will draw people to Christ. Your testimony, your testimony of what God has done in your life will lead people to him. Amen? Now, the thing that I want to be able to draw your attention to in this story is something very interesting. Is that this remarkable story of this man's healing would not have happened. Not because of Jesus. Jesus has lavished his grace upon this man. The Pharisees could not take away his blessing, regardless of what it is they thought about Jesus. But do you know the one person who could have hindered this miracle from happening? Was this blind man himself. If you remember, that Jesus told him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. And it says that the man went and washed and came home seeing. The man went. Washed and came home seeing. The story reminds me of, of, of another story in the Old Testament, which is the story of Naaman. Ne- Naaman. Naaman, Naaman, it's in 2 Kings 5 from verse 1 to 17. Now, the thing about this story, and I is that Naaman was a mighty general in, 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 in a foreign army, the, a king of Aram, and he was a mighty general. And the thing is that he was a mighty general, but he had a terrible skin condition right and because of this skin condition the guy had all the power all the might but he had this condition and this is now where the story starts from where uh, I'm gonna start reading from uh, I'm gonna start from maybe verse three it so happened that Aaron on one of its raiding expeditions against Israel against Israel captured a young girl who became a maid, to Naaman's wife, one day she said to her mistress, "Oh, if only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria. He would be healed of his skin disease." Naaman went straight to his master and reported that the girl, what the girl had uh, from Israel had said, "Well, then go," said the king of Aram, "and I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel." Let me skip this part where you know the king is super pissed anyway. From verse 8, let's go to verse 8. Elisha, the man of God, heard what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he ripped his robe to shreds. He sent word to the king, Why are you upset ripping your robe like this? Send him to me. So he learned that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman, with his horses and chariots, arrived in style and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times your skin will be healed and you'll be as good as new. Neiman lost his temper. He spun around saying, I thought he'd personally come out to meet me. Call on the name of God, wave his hand over the diseased spot and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers, Abana and Parfar, are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them and at least get clean? He stomped off mad as a hornet. But his servants caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic wouldn't you have done it so why not this simple wash and be clean so he did it he went down and immersed himself in the jordan seven times following the orders of the holy man his skin was healed it was like the skin of a little baby he was as good as new he then went back to the holy man he and his entourage stood before him and said i know now Beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there is no god anywhere on earth other than the God of Israel. In gratitude, let me give you a gift. Now, the thing that is important to recognize about this story, very specifically about Naaman and how the similarity is to the blind man, is this: is that Naaman is given an instruction that he doesn't like. Because he comes with all this pomp and with all this pomp, he comes to receive his healing, and he gets there. And Elisha doesn't even go see him. He sends his servant and tells him, "Tell him to go bathe in that thing for seven times." And this guy was so offended by the way he was approached that he was so angry he was headed back. But the servants are to stop him and tell him, "My guy, if it was if you're told to do something high and mighty, wouldn't you have done it? So why not obey this, this simple instruction?" And Naaman listens to his servants and he goes and he bathes in this river and he says that his skin is restored like a baby. Now the thing that I wanted to take out from that story is the fact that Naaman's healing, if he had disobeyed or refused to listen to the prophet, he would not have received his healing. If this blind man had refused to listen to Jesus, he would not have received his healing. And the thing that I want to be able to communicate to you guys is this. Is that I think it is important for us to begin to reject this passive sense of faith that we generally have. And let me put it this way. That I truly believe that there's some people who are listening to me today. And you're waiting on God. But in reality, God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you to make that step. God is waiting for you to make that move. God is waiting for you to heed that call that He's given to you. God is waiting for you to be able to listen and to listen to His voice and take that step. There's some even, I love this scripture where it talks about in Psalms 27 and verse 8 where it says, "My heart has heard you say, "Come and talk with me." And my heart responds, "Lord, I am coming." Listen to those words. Like when you hear that, that there are some people that God is calling you into the prayer closet. He's saying, what is all this anxiety about? Come and talk to me. Come and spend time with me. Come and enter into my presence. But you're too busy. You're too busy. And whatever it is, is that I truly believe that for some of us, We've stormed away like Naaman and have refused to go in the direction because we despise it. It's 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 a simple instruction and you despise it that God is asking you or calling you to something and you despise that calling and instead you're in the back, passive, waiting on the Lord when actually in reality he's waiting for you. I want to tell you guys a a story of how I ended up here in in Uganda. You know, um, for about the beginning of the year, this year, I've been feeling completely restless, completely restless, just feeling like God was calling me somewhere to do something, to go somewhere. And I was so restless, and and I sat in it, and, and it was just too uncomfortable. But I remember at the time, it was probably the time when I was sharing this year. And I also felt God calling me into the prayer closet, calling me to a place of prayer, and to make an intentional effort on my part to go up the mountain to spend time in prayer. And during this time, as I'm, as that's happening, I'm feeling restless. I'm feeling restless. I'm feeling restless. But I'm praying through it all. You know, I'm praying. I, I mentioned here I was doing the prayer walks, going for prayer walks, and 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 really kind of um, felt Him saying, "Come talk to me." And I. I'm "I'm coming, and I heed that call to come. After those two months uh, of just being completely restless, January and February, in the beginning of March, I decided to take a step of faith, and my step of faith was I had to give notice at the place that I was staying. You know, you have to give notice for for two months. So I gave notice without knowing exactly where I was going. I just decided to take a step of faith because I was feeling too restless. And here's the thing. Um, A month goes by... I go and give him a notice a month goes by and i go to god and i'm like god I, i've given notice i have a month left i don't know where i'm going I, you know, give me give me an insight uh, and literally the 24 hours after that prayer uh, god, god spoke to me and, and, and while i was on one of my prayer walks begins begins to talk to me about coming to to uganda um, talking to me about business talking to me about ministry Tells me, the church, he wants me to go visit everything, you know, and, and it's such a fascinating experience. Anyway, that's a whole story for another day. Uh, and you can go into the series on listening and obeying God uh, to understand what I'm saying by He spoke to me. Um, and so God speaks to me about this, and the next month is spent basically wrapping up my life and relocating uh, to Uganda. The most fascinating thing happens, guys, on the, th- on the week that I landed here, I landed here on a Thursday. You know, I'd been praying for revival in our business, or oh, can the business be revived, you know, all this for two years. I'd been praying this during the pandemic for some type of revival. And the day that I land here, it's like the floodgates of heaven opened up. Literally, since the time I came here, business has been booming. The last two months, I've done more in two months than I have in two years. And things are just opening up. It felt like someone had just opened a tap. and This water started flowing out. And one of the things that I kept, you know, I think about even as I was, as I was preparing this, I just kept thinking, I'm like, if I had never heeded that call in the beginning to come into the closet, which is the place that... I, that allows you to be able to build up the faith so that two months later I can make that leap to, to give notice so that one month later I can have the courage to be able to heed the call for me to come here. All these was a series of progressive of decisions that God was calling me to make that started as small decisions that then in itself was all coming from the same fountain of saying yes to him. And the thing that I want you guys to understand is that the thing about this series is that this series is called Walking With God. It's not about God walking with us. It's about us walking with him, about us following after him, about us us heeding the call and saying yes and making that step. I think for many of us, that first step is this, the one here, come and talk with me. That an intentional pursuit of just being able to say that I am going to be intentional about spending time with God. I'm going to be intentional about pursuing after him. I'm going to make this my intention, that I will walk up that mountain, that this is going to be my step forward in trusting Him, in hoping in Him, is that I will come and talk with Him. To say to Him, Lord, I am coming to you to talk to you. And that begins the series of the next steps of saying yes and yes, that this is about walking with Him. That walking with someone is not a static position. This is the reason why He used to say to all these people back in the the Israelites that they are stiff-necked people. They don't move. They don't move. I tell them move. They don't move. This blind man in John nine would not have received his healing if he had not, if he had refused to heed the call to go and wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam. What's really interesting is that the name Siloam here means sent. And the thing that I believe that for every single one of us who is watching this, regardless of what it is, the instruction that is going through your mind that you feel like you could have... The one thing that I want you to recognize is that all of us, because of the Great Commission, have been sent. All of us have been sent. All of us are in a sent state. All of us have an instruction to go. All who have put their faith in Christ have an instruction to go. And the thing that I need you to recognize is that you already have been equipped with everything you need to go. And what God has equipped you with, what Jesus Christ has equipped you with, is a testimony. That you were blind and now you see. That there is something that he has done in your life. That you have a testimony. Forget about having that you have all the word and the scripture and whatever to be able to do, to be able to go and speak of your testimony. No. Every single one of us has been sent to go and make disciples, teaching them everything that he has taught us. Basically, every single one of us has a testimony. We have all been equipped to the testimony. We have all been sent to the testimony. And my question to you today is this, would you heed the call to go? And the first step, is to heed the call that he already has given to all of us. But also, in the simple things in your life, then would you heed the call that you know that Christ is calling you to? You don't know what's on the other side of it, but I can assure you that on the other side of Naaman's, he did instruction was him having his skin healed. On the other side of this blind man receiving sight, was him, uh, heeding the call of Jesus. And on the other side of whatever it is, your breakthrough, your miracle, your blessing, but not even just that, but even just living a purposeful kingdom-led life is in your willingness to go as he has sent you. Amen? Amen. And so I want to encourage you today that reject this passive Christianity what's for me will come to for me to me reject that passive christianity and engage a proactive an active faith an active faith ready and willing to go ready and willing to go because we trust in the name of our savior and lord jesus we trust in his calling. That we go and share our testimony. That when he tells us to, to, to come to him, to talk to him, to spend time in his presence, that we would take the time to do that. That we would take that step and go to where he's leading us. This series is called Walking with God. And throughout this series, I'm going to encourage you. To walk with God, to follow after Him, to seek after Him, to heed His calling to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to end this without first inviting anyone who you're listening to this and you're just thinking to yourself, you're like, you know what? I first need to heed the calling to follow Jesus that you do not know him, you you, you haven't put your faith in him, you've put your faith everywhere else but in Christ. All other ground is sinking sand, and I'm telling you right now that if you want to live a purposeful, meaningful, progressive life, that you need to come to faith in Jesus Christ, whose promise to you is this, is that he will give you life, and not just life, but life abundantly. A purposeful life, a meaningful life. And all we have to do is put our faith in him. And so this is the thing. This is that part I'm telling you about. In terms of the fact that there's a part that we, he's calling us to, and it is this is the calling that you would step forward and accept to trust to put your trust in him. And if you're that person, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're saying you want to put your faith in Christ, is that I want to, uh, this is the, the message that I want to, I want you to share to say after me, uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I accept your forgiveness today. Transform me. I welcome you into my life. Lead me. Change me. I belong to you. Thank you for your salvation. Amen. Said so if you pray that prayer, may the Lord Jesus Christ fill you with His Spirit, and hear us up down there. And let us know, and uh, man, welcome to the family. God bless you so much. I'm so grateful to be able to share God's word with you today. I hope you guys have a beautiful, beautiful week ahead.